What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, this is the 69th episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Hey, bingers! 69! Hey! I'm just joking. We gotta assemble. What's up, bingers? Big week this week. This is Star Wars week. Can't believe we're already at Rise of Skywalker. I remember watching Force Awakens, talking to you about it. I remember reviewing when we reviewed Last Jedi. Like, it's been, like, I remember speculating about this before we reviewed Last Jedi. Like, yo, time has passed, my brother. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) stuff's happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that's that's the point. That's what I'm getting at. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, geez. Uh, But there's so much to to talk about today with, you know, reviews, with... uh, News that's coming of it, that's of things coming ahead, uh, speculations. Um, I mean, you know, w- with just the big release of, of Star Wars coming out this week, that's you know, that's one thing. But then, you know, this Mandalorian episode uh, on the special Wednesday release is supposed to be huge. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on this week, and um, you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the year, uh, more and more just keeps getting thrown at us. Yeah, I'm expecting this week's Mandalorian episode on Wednesday to be the 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 kind of ballad of the uh ballad of the, oh is it ballad of the bastards? No, it's not. It's 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 ba- whatever the b boy but bebop episode number five and six and how they connect to seven like how the last two connect five. I expect this to be like one of the connectors to one and two. Like I feel like we're gonna see John Carlos Esposito in both of these episodes. I feel like we're wrapping up the season. But speaking of Mandalorian freaking we're gonna do uh, uh we're gonna do what was i gonna say we're gonna do something special for the fans yes you guys aren't getting an episode on christmas vacation but because we're going on vacation for christmas but what you guys are getting is this friday you will have a review for rise of skywalker and mandalorian me and schubert are going to review both of those Mandalorian, we're going to review right after we watch Rise of Skywalker. Schubert's going at 6, I'm going at 7. And as soon as we get out of that, we're going to record. I'm going to edit it. In, uh, I mean, I could put it out that night, but I don't know if you guys will be up. But you'll definitely have it early in the morning. So Exciting stuff, man. It's definitely going to be a late night for us, uh, depending on how, how we, when we finally end up getting out of there, you know? <laughs> yeah, but... This is classic bros who binge, bro, on a Thursday late night. You know. You know the vibes. Like, for the people who don't know, 69 episodes, I'm proud of us, Shuby, because we started this pod at, like, Thursday nights at, like, 2 a.m., bro. <laughs> yeah, I was on you. <laughs> you right, it was. I was ready at midnight. <laughs> midnight, it's still late. <laughs> Yo, that's just funny stuff. Now we got like the schedule, everything like really proud of the show. Thank you to everybody who listens to Bros Who Binge. You guys will not be let down in 2020. We things you can look forward to is the Bros Who Binge like we're we're closing and starting the year pretty strong. Bros Who Binge Awards. Uh we have the pitch and match, which we might as well announce right now since we're just doing roll call. Schubert versus Justin BP, aka Subculture Vulture, first thing 2020. Then the next month, you got another match, and then we're going to be closing out the tournament for the end of the year to finish by summer and start the whole tournament up again come October, the season. But on top of that, we got some interviews planned for you guys that I'm really, 
really excited for. It's just a lot of good stuff for the Bros Who Binge fan base, as well as the merch will be here 2020 finally, and we're going to do some giveaways to the to the fans who have been with us before, like we're, who started with us day one. Even if you're starting with us now, we're going to do some raffles on this show to give away free merch. We're going to try to give away three shirts a month, maybe even more, because we want to show love to you guys who supported us from day one and supporting us now. If you're a first-time listener or this is your new time, thank you for jumping on. Thank you for being on. We just love all of you guys, and we just promise to continue to give you that hot fire come 2020. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, there's going to be... Uh, oh, and Bros a... Binge is going on the road. What am I talking Like, yo. Oh, yeah. That's, that's also true. <laughs> I just got those t-shirts in today. I got, like, a, one of my favorite one I have is, uh, it's a, you know, the the Scott Pilgrim poster where he's, like, playing this guitar. Yeah. But instead of him, it's uh, Marty McFly. Yeah. And it says, like, uh, Great Scott, uh, this is Heavy Doc. It's mm. like, yeah. So yeah. like I like those match those mashup t-shirts. We got some. We got every. We got a lot coming for the peeps, man. But yeah, so just be on the lookout. But we're closing out 2020 high. So again, this Friday, Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker review. No episode next week, but then the following for New Year's, we're gonna give you guys an episode. That's gonna be the Bros Who Binge Awards. I know we do it normally where we all get together on a pod and talk about the favorite movies, music, and stuff, but. Not not everybody watching movies on the network. Me and Shuby are the movie guys. We we're, we're deep in it this year. Like I think this is the year where like we re- like not saying that any of the the last not saying last year we weren't really into it because we were. But like this year we became like, bro, we watch so much TV and movies. Like it's ridiculous. Like let me be let me just be quite frank. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a film festival uh, of <laughs> what we saw like. Didn't we see like Shazam and Aquaman before everyone else saw them? Yeah, bro. Like we were out there this year. Like it is real. So we're going to do a Bros Who Binge Awards for you guys. You'll get that uh, either Tuesday uh, Tuesday before New Year's or on New New Year's, whichever day it is. um, Oh, you can get on. Yeah, you'll get on the 31st or the 30th, whichever day. We'll probably do the 30th so you guys can enjoy your New Year's Eve, give you something to look forward to before. But yeah, that's just the schedule. And then after that, we go back to normal. So the only one week off, but it's not really a week off. You'll still get an episode. You'll get two this week. Well, you know, that's pretty much all that's going on with bros who binge. But I'm ready to go ahead and get into uh, what they've all come here for. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it, bro. Enough, enough bull driving around. Let's jump into it. I'm ready to go, brother. All right. Let's get started. Today we are starting off with a f- couple trailers. Uh, first one is the Top Gun Maverick trailer, uh, which, I mean, it had some new stuff from the first trailer that we all saw at Comic Con. Um, but I mean, I'm not really a, a big person on the Top Gun franchise, so I, I don't know. Lennon, are you a big Top Gun person? It's not really. It's not our. I, it's not our generation, man. Like. Yeah, I, said I, mean, this I guess radio it, I mean, it kind of is. It's pretty close, but like, there are some people that in our generation that like grow up with like playing Top Gun in the v- VHS all the time. Like, you know, because it came around when that movie came out. It came out like the in, 80s, in the nineties, huh? huh? I thought it came out in the eighties. I thought it came out in like ninety. Hold on, we'll find out. Ain't that's not that's nothing too hard to find out. We had eighty six. Oh shit. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. This is an eighty baby thing. Like, oh, never mind. Their thing. 
Yeah, I legit not... thought that it come out in like ninety one. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm not a movie release dates guy. See, you know, bro, like eighty some. That's my thing. It's like, I. But look, let me be honest. I thought the trailer. Tom Cruise was is ageless. Tom Cruise got to chill out, bro. Like he needs to like get out of the action world. Not not to say I can tell him what he can do, but like I don't want my guy to get hurt. He's too old. He's getting older. Like you need to be careful, Tom. You know you broke your leg doing the two Mission Impossibles ago or last Mission Impossible, whichever one it was. But this trailer was interesting. We always say what a trailer supposed to do is to make me more interested in the film, no matter which level of excitement I'm at to start is to raise that level to a new level. And I must say, this does have me excited. I don't know if I'm clamoring for a Top Gun. I don't know if it's a movie I'll see in theaters yet. Maybe that's when the second trailer comes. I might be more interested, but I definitely think it looks cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it looks cool. I think it's going to be done well. I think the people who are into it are going to love it. Yeah, facts. Like Top Gun fans are in for a treat. Definitely. So, um, and the other trailer is more of up your alley. I didn't get a chance to look at it. It's a Superman Red Sun. Oh, I thought you okay. Well, look, fans of DC, if you read the soup, even if you haven't read it or if you did. Red Sun Superman is about Superman not being born on Earth. Instead, his ship crash lands in Soviet Russia and right before the Cold War, or at the height of the Cold War. No, it's before the Cold War, so he grows up with communism, and he's real red state, like, he's a communist. Like, it, it just shows if Superman was born in Russia during the time of the Soviet Union, and they have Green Lanterns fighting for America as, like, a... Is instead of like a, a Air Force troop, it's like all the Green Lanterns you see in the trailer. Lex Luthor helping the president to defeat the Superman, so they're still rivals, but in a different sense. You see Batman being a Russian, like trying to take down Soviet Union uh, Superman. You see Wonder Woman instead of going to Earth first, she goes to Soviet Russia. So it's, it's Soviet Union Batman too. Yeah, well, I think it's more of uh, old Russian politics, Bat. Like I think Batman's from like the pre-Soviet Union era Russian. He doesn't like. The Soviet era Russian because he's still a he's still Russian in his in at, at the end of the day. Gotcha. So yeah, it is basically Cold War DC heroes, but from the Russian perspective. The trailer looked pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't too. I was hyped for Hush. Hush didn't live up to the results because the ending just crashed and burned. But I have big expectations for this, and I think this will give you everything you want in a DC animated movie. So be on the lookout. We'll let you guys know when it's coming, when it'll be out and everything, because I'm super excited to check it out. All right. Well, yeah, definitely excited to see another good DC animated movie because they kill it in that department. But let's go yes, they do. ahead and move into some of the main Star Wars talk here. Uh, making Star Wars editor Jason Ward is informed in inverse of a new Star Wars that has not been announced, but is currently in production. According to Ward, who previously leaked that Yoda's species would play a role in The Mandalorian, Marvel and Lucasfilm have teamed up to bring a Dr. Aphra series to Disney+. I'm hearing it's a Lucasfilm-Marvel adventure, with both companies teaming up to bring a Star Wars show to the small screen. It's not clear if Kevin Feige, who Disney recently approached to work on an unannounced Star Wars project, will be involved in the Dr. Aphra show. And, and uh, also... A topic that we'll talk about after this, J.J. Uh, Abrams mentioned that you will kind of tease that Ahsoka is not out of the realm of possibility to be seen in the Rise of Skywalker. What? So let's do the first one. Dr. A is, like, they're saying that thing's already filming. Yo, I mean, well, I, mean that's, like, I, that's I don't dope. know, like, necessarily if it's, like, filming or I think this is an animated thing. 
Oh, you think because Doctor Afra is developed from a comic book, so that's why they're you know they're having the Marvel Incorporation. Yeah, because it's a Marvel because Marvel like owns that 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 property that character know? pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so or if not owns it, they're the ones who like distributed and created it and whatnot. But because it's a comic character, I mean that's where Doctor Afra came from. But if it's a live it was... action, I'm cool with that. That would be fire. Oh, it'd be very fire. I mean, Dr. Afra is a pretty interesting little side character, very closely entwined with Vader. So that's that would be another way to bring Darth. Yeah. But, but, but that's why I would think more that it would be animated. I just don't see how, I just don't see them doing an, another live action Darth Vader, Vader. character. Mm. If they did, I think that would be a really big step. You know, it'd be I, a I risk. Yeah. You know, it'd be a huge risk, especially like to have it just like made with. Under wraps. Yo, but that'd be, what a way, like, we always say Disney Plus needs content, and, like, Star Wars is the only one delivering with that content, like, well, imagine. that's what I'm saying, like, that's why I think Dr. Afro would be a different sort of medium, but then I guess what I remember, you know, the Clone Wars is coming back with that season, but that's yep. what I'm saying, like, maybe, like, this would be the take-up that, that animated mantle. Yeah, that's possible. You're probably right, but, man, I'm kind of... The way Twitter interpreted and a lot of the, the media was like that this is live action and boy, but you, I'm, if I had to bet money on it, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with you. It's animated, but if they like secretly did this, because you remember we heard that the London studios was filming something and we still don't know what that was. It wasn't Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan hasn't started filming yet. So what were they filming in London in the Lucasfilm Marvel studio type deal? And I don't think it was a Marvel project, but who knows, man, if it was it Dr. It would be an interesting character to go after because it's a character that is well known to sweaties, um, but the film the the film fans to get into would be it. the film fans would be like this is new, you know, yeah. like because Doctor Afra is pretty much a newer character to the lore. So if you're like someone that hasn't really been like dialed in, you'd be like you kind of know of the name maybe. But like, it's not anything that you would have ever came across in your history of being a Star Wars fan. And that's my thing. Like, I know the name of her. I kind of know it. Like, her place, kind of, not really. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. This is something that I'd be really intrigued in. Not only does it does it give us a new new uh, IP to go after or new property, it gives diversity because she's a female character. And, you know, so we're trying to give diversity in Star Wars. That's a dope. And it, also, you get Darth Vader back. Like. That's something to me where it could pull the mainstream audiences because it's like, all right, new character nobody's ever heard of. Why do we want to watch? Oh, she works with Darth Vader? What? During the Empire? Wait, what? Let's figure this out. And then just think about the play into Obi-Wan, how this all kind of, because it's all in that same era. Yo, just imagine if like, because I still think Darth Vader's the villain of the Obi-Wan series. Like, let's go. Let's go balls to the wall, baby. Yeah, it, there's a lot of different ways they go with it, so it just depends on how they want to approach telling stories with characters that are in the films. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, like Vader, pretty much Vader, um, yeah. and also like the Moffs and you know other Empire characters, Leia's, Bail Organa, stuff like that. Saw yeah, because uh, uh, wouldn't Krennic or not not Krennic? Uh, Krennic, he would be alive. He would. Uh, you know, Tarkin, Tarkin would be alive. Yeah, and you and I don't know if you're trying to if we're doing CGI Tarkin again. Well, I mean, of course, uh, that would also be the time for Thrawn. Mm. Also, be uh, you know, uh, all of the people that were involved in Rebels. 
Yeah, so. that's, I, I could see why it would be animated. I could see why. It, that's just like an area that's been so touched animated wise that it's hard to like jump into live action there. Like that's the thing with well, the casting Andor series that's gonna be really interesting too. Because of this of Rogue One, it kind of helped it out there. But like that's like the area that's only been every well, you know, Mandalorian really is the only live action thing we've had other than other than the animated stuff. So I guess the live action stuff is all new. It all depends. Yeah, I mean, this is the first we're ever hearing creative. about this. That's what I'm saying, man. It could be possible. Like, I would believe it either way, but like you, but I would bet my chips on you. But because Filoni's in creative now, like, everything's fair game. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I'm wondering, like, how they would be get away with getting that film or getting that project off the ground. I'm just wondering, like, how they could, like, spit out live action, live action, live action. But it would make sense if they staggered it with the, the animated, you know? So it would be like, we got this animated series series here and then you know you're gonna get the casting indoor and then we have this animated series and mandalorian's coming back i just don't know if you want to how many live action series you want to throw up in the air right now that's true it just depends on how they want to play it but if we're not getting a movie after rise of skywalker for a long time then it's like let's build out this tv universe with shows so i can see it going either way um but this is the, the second part of it ahsoka being in rise of skywalker i think it's totally possible how how you gotta you gotta explain that one to me. And for those who don't know, Ahsoka Tano is basically Anakin Skywalker's old pupil from the Clone Wars who decided not to be the a Jedi anymore. Series. Yeah, the animated series who decided not to be a Jedi anymore. And then in Rebels, pretty we much see got kicked out. Yeah, in Rebels we see her journey, and then something happens in Rebels where she goes away because she's with searching for. A, another character in Rebels with another character. I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil Rebels, but go go watch yeah. it. That's just basically who is Sokotano. much like the way it ends with Rebels is after a Jedi, she goes off on a mission. Yeah, pretty much. So how is she? Oh, no, no, no. Not after Jedi, she goes to a mission. No, it's 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 after Rogue One. Before mm -hmm. New Hope. Mm -mm. Watch the finale again. Oh, yeah, because they skip time. You're right. It yeah. is after Jedi. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so... Yeah, how you think she alive? Let's get it. All right, well, so she and this character are out exploring. Uh, well, let's just say it's Sabine. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah, they don't know. Whatever. Okay, yeah. so so Sabine Wren, who is another character I think would could pop up in this as well. I mean, she'd be pretty old. But Sabine Wren and Ahsoka Tano are going on in this mission to find some of, you know, some of their friends. You know, we, I don't know if they do or do find their friend or not, but they could be one of these entities that have connection to, to Leia, to the Force, to, um, I, I don't know if maybe Luke came across meeting Ahsoka in his journeys. It would be really interesting. I think that would be a, a heck of a nice little short. But anyway... Uh, who says that? It, well, okay. So let's talk about like the state of the last where they are after the last Jedi. And in the book that I'm reading, Resistance Reborn, it kind of talks about what the Resistance is doing after that. The the First Order pretty much wiped out the Resistance in the Last Jedi. Everyone that's the Resistance is in the Millennium Falcon at that moment. You know, Ray, Poe, uh, uh, Leia, Chewie, Finn. Finn, Rose, Rose, yeah. Um, of of Carrie Fisher's daughter, what's her name? Oh yeah, Lord, Billy Lord. Billy Lord. Her, her her character's name is Krent. 
Krennix or something. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. That's that's the resistance. Uh, besides, like a couple of pilots that were off world and stuff like that. So I mean, so that group of people is pretty much trying to rebuild the entire resistance. And I think that's why there's like a, a, what a, a year or something time jump in this. And so yeah. they're pretty much reaching out to anyone. In this book, they've already reached out to Inferno Squad that people would know from playing the video games. So I Ooh. would assume that we... So I'm pretty positive we will see those characters in this movie. At least... Ooh. Hopefully Janina Gavankar could, like, read... read she's read. dead. Oh, she's... Damn. Shiv. Bring on Shiv. Yeah, Shiv and the daughter would be the characters that could be included. Um, so, yeah. They have... The Inferno Squad comes in. They're going out and reaching out to like old Imperials that hate the First Order and old remnants of the New Republic, trying to get anyone to be, uh, you know, colonels, generals, you know, foot soldiers, anyone to fight and anyone to be like a leadership. Uh, Wedge Antilles comes back from you know the original trilogy. He, he was the pilot that fought with Luke. Oh, and that, so that explains he, why Lando's there now. Uh, I would also explain why Lando's there. So it's they're pretty much like getting anyone they can, and knowing that Ahsoka is out in the world, it wouldn't surprise me if that if she ended up coming back, especially if Ray was looking and searching the galaxy for other Force people or people or you know mm. or maybe Ahsoka's sought out Ray. Now the question is, how old is Ahsoka? Like she has to be old. She'd be pretty old. She'd be like way old. She not. She older than Leia, bro. Yeah, but I mean, she's an alien. Oh yeah, you could get away with. Yeah, you right. You right. All right, all right. I I'm more accepting of Ahsoka being in in Rise of Skywalker after your explanation than I was. Like, I don't think Ahsoka's gonna be coming out here and fighting Kylo Ren. Oh no, that's Ray's battle. But like, if we if we saw the First Order troops like on the ground with like some AT-ATs, and I just saw. Another lightsaber link light up and see somebody take down an ATAT, I would lose my shit. That like, I if, would not believe that. Uh, if you're gonna put her in, what is she gonna do? Just talk? Yes. Oh, She's gonna be an old lady. God. Oh my gosh. Then don't put her in at all. Like, let's just leave her out. <laughs> Teenage Yoda is gonna be the one taking out the ATAT. <laughs> Yo, don't even get my hopes up for that, bro. Because you know just as well as I know that's not Teenage Yoda. <laughs> that's not that, needs to be a t- that needs to be the next TV series on Disney+. Plus. His name isn't Yoda, yet we keep calling this poor child Yoda. He's, and he's 50. <laughs> He's a, he's a teenage, man. Teenage Yoda rolling on a hoverboard with like you know his like his new Box. lightsaber. Be like, yo, check out my new lightsaber, ladies. Like teenage Yoda. <laughs> like I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the next series right there. But yeah, let's, that's let, pretty much all the Star Wars stuff. Bit. We'll see what happens uh, the word, this week word. with Star Wars. Um, so what's uh, what's next, Leonard? Next up, we got Warner Brothers has moved its live action Sesame Street. Six months from January 15th, oh no, six months to January 15th, 2022, and set April 1st, 2022 for the release date of Shazam 2, which is the sequel to Shazam, which is also four or five months after the release of Black Adam. So, Schubert, I know we had the Caterpillar and Dr. Savannah doing their whole thing in in the end of the first one. Are we going to see The Rock come up in this movie? Uh, Well, first, damn to touch on the first part of this story, the Sesame Street news. Um, <laughs> I believe that that was probably pushed back um, 
probably due to the death yeah. of Big the, Bird. Of Big Bird. So, you know, RIP to all that. So that's probably what happened with the Sesame Street for all those who are really, really worried about, you know, the Sesame Street getting moved six months back. But, uh, but yeah, with Shazam, uh, yeah, The Rock is probably going to be in the, uh, the end credits. Oh, okay, yeah, I could see the end. Yeah, yo, yes. Or even, like, let him come in, like, yeah, in credits. No, no, that's when we're going to see him. It's going to be, it's like, now it's my time to strike. But good for DC, man. We're getting these solo films to lead up to something special. That's how you're doing it. And I, they're on the right path. And speaking of this, the studio announced that Wednesday, well, the, oh, you had something else about Shazam 2 before I transition? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the last of this is the last Shazam, right? Uh, I don't. I, I thought they had three. I, I no, because I I think their cast. They, they better they, be filming it. They got to do something with uh, Black Adam. <laughs> oh, you talking about the kids? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could you could time skip it, make them like they grown up a little bit. You know, Finn Wolfhearted in uh Stranger Things season three, where they all hit hit puberty at one time. Ah, well, all right. We'll yeah, see, I, don't we'll know, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. So, like, because I've never seen like teenage Billy Batson stories. It's all the. It's all the same stuff. It's all. It's. It's essentially just him going through it in a different, different way. I would love to see in a, like Shazam three if they were teenage or whatever, like more interactions with other leaguers. That's what I would want out of Shazam three, and I don't think we would get that. Oh no, Shazam three is black. It's Shazam versus Black Adam. That's what that is. Yeah, I mean, I would just love to see like Shazam just like be like uh, just like around some other heroes at least for like a, a section of time, but we'll never get that. No, that's not coming until at least. Well, no, I, I think we'll get that. Maybe not until like twenty twenty five. Like we maybe not in the Shazam movie either. Probably in no, a different it was movie. in like a Justice League movie. Yeah, no. It, but if we were to see any leaguer in a Shazam movie, it would be. It'd be more Superman of like what happened, but more so than the last movie, more something akin to the Superman Shazam animated film. Yeah, where they, I, where they fight I would. Together. I wouldn't be surprised if you just threw any anybody in it at this point. Like that's what I kind of like about some of the things that DC is doing on the in their service, like with Doom Patrol and Titans and even Harley Quinn. Like they're just throwing out like they're just throwing out names, man. Just be like, yeah, like this person exists. He's there in the world. This is them. Yeah, that would be fire. Either way, I'm I'm down for that. But speaking of other leaguers, the studio announced Wednesday that The Flash would be released July 1st, 2022, while the Untitled Matrix movie would open the same day as John Wick 4, May 21, 2020. But The Flash will star Ezra Miller still to this day. We It's still saying that we don't know if they haven't switched it yet. But as of now, Ezra Miller still enrolled to uh, star with Andy Machete set to direct the director of the It movies. Bro, I wouldn't be surprised if come Comic-Con we find out there's a new Flash. Wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that he's still doing it too. Either way, and I think the only reason why I'm I'm saying this is because seeing him take pictures with, with Zack and Zack Snyder, it makes me think that DC wants to go its own way. And then I don't like to talk about rumor rumors, like pre-rumor rumors, but it was rumored. I don't know if I saw this from Daniel Thomas Polito or from uh, DC uh, Reddit leaks. I'm pretty sure it's one of the first two, though. I'm hearing that the first tie-ins we're going to see into this universe, into the Matt Reeves universe, is the new Flash and Green Lantern. And if that's the case, I don't think it's going to be Ezra. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I th- I j- that, like, that's my thing, is I've just really had a really hard time seeing the connection of Ezra Miller being the Flash that kind of spearhead a, you know, an extended universe. Like, I mean, maybe if you were going to make, like, a one-off Flash movie, but, like, a Flash movie that's supposed to, like, you know, push the needle. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't think that that was ever going to be, like, the person they went with. It just, I, I, and look, I, Ezra Miller's a great cat. Like, I loved him for what he did in Justice League, but I just don't think going forward, I think we get away from, and that's why I think Shazam stays because they had no ties to the DCEU. I think they keep Shazam. I think they're going to keep Wonder Woman and Tyre and Shoe on her in some way. And I think Harley Quinn, they're going to keep in Aquaman because they made a lot of money. But I think they're going to try to get new faces. And even that, I don't know how that works because I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they say, Jason, thank you for your service. Uh, Gal and Patty Jenkins, y'all did something special. And, but see, no, because Margot Robbie's in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. So I just, it's weird. Like, I like I still say, Margot Robbie uh, I can see, I could see Margot Robbie surviving and Gal surviving and not Jason. I could see that happening, too. Because, like, it, it, it just, I don't know. I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if all three survived. But my point is, I don't think Ezra's surviving that cut. Just like Ray Fisher didn't survive the cut, because like people aren't talking about Cyborg, but he's done. Like that's over with. Yeah, he is, that's done. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I mean, I, as as it seems right now, he's moving forward with it. So yeah, so cool. If Ezra is, that's cool. But like like we're saying, this gives us into the like DC slate going forward. Twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two are going to be heaters because it's like. I mean, 2020 is pretty big. They The next three years are huge. Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman next year. Year after. Suicide Squad, The Batman, Black Adam. The year after. Shazam and The Flash? Yo, DC's hitting on all cylinders if these things get released and they're good. It's like, the DC Universe is here, baby. Like, I'm sorry, but... DC's slate to 2022 sounds a little bit better than that Marvel slate. I'm just, I mean, I'm not here to compare. I'm just saying I'm more interested in to see if DC succeeds. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely I won't be interested definitely in Marvel. Possible. I won't be interested in Marvel until I see that Falcon Winter Soldier series. But even after that, I'll just be like, cool, I got a new I team. I mean, so what, what gets you more excited right now? DC slate or Kumal Nunjani's uh, oiled up picture? <laughs> Oh, the DC Slade, bro. Shout, shout out to Kamel. But, like, no, my thing with Marvel is I'm not going to be excited with Marvel until we get announcements of Fantastic Four X-Men because that's when we're going to get into the new arc, the new whatever arc it's going to be. But, I mean, even, and even if it does get announced, it won't come out until 24 or 25. And that's my thing. It's like I'm more concerned about this Flash movie, this Batman movie. I'm really excited for James Gunn's Suicide Squad because, like I said, we don't talk about rumors – but they're rumored that Knight is going to be in it, Knight and Squire. And if you don't know who that is, that's the people from Batman Incorporated. They're basically British Batman. So it's like, what? What is what is James Gunn doing over there? <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah, it sounds wild. And um, I think that there's a story later on that it's, like, inspiring. I feel like it's going to be, like, James, but James Gunn's version of, like, this classic film. We'll talk about later. But, um... Yeah, uh, shoot, I was going to say something something else about this before we moved on. Oh, oh 
Oh, but also, how do you feel about uh, John Wick being the same day as the Matrix? One has to move, bro. Like Keanu's agent's not letting that fly. Let him let him come out at the same time. Let, let him do it. That's gonna detract money from one of them. Oh, well, no one's gonna go see the Matrix. I don't know, bro. I go see the Matrix four. Like <laughs> you tripping? I gotta go it's, see what they doing. It's like one of these things where like everyone talks about how like the Matrix two and three are so much are so trash, and then they're like, oh well, the Matrix a new Matrix movie. They can't. They can't make another trash one. That's right. Why, like, but like John Wick. I wait. Hold on. If you want to talk shit on the Matrix, I'm gonna talk shit on John Wick. The second one was decent. The third one was subpar. As great as Halle Berry was, that movie was not good. When my guy fell from the from the fucking top of a building, hit his head on a fucking fire escape, and then fell three floors down and hit his head on concrete, and he's still alive. Get out of here, bro. John Wick just went from realistic to fantastical. Yeah, man, superpowers. Nah, bro. See, that's why I'm not going to see John Wick unless I hear that. That's fire. I'm going to see Matrix Four. Shout out to my shout out to Keanu. Young, they say Young Morpheus is in it, bro. It's you, but if I read you with Daniel's rumor of what the story's about, you'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to see that. <laughs> really? You want me to read it? Wait, let me pull it up. You just talk talk for a little bit. Let me pull this up. This shit is hilarious. All right. Well, yeah. Like, uh, I don't really know too much into the John Wick stuff, I'm kind of just getting into it at the moment, but, you know, it, 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 the Keanu science really is really is interesting that he's getting all these roles pop back in, and I'm excited to see what this Bill and Ted project he's got work he's got working on. Um, Alright, I got, but... I got some of the stuff. Look, hold on. I got, alright, so let me give you some of the casting of the uh, Matrix movie, because they have some of that out right now. So, Keanu Reeves, the lead male, is Neo. Carrie Ann Moss coming back as Trinity. Uh, Niobe, Jada Pinkett-Smith back in the movie. Young Morpheus, Yaya Abdul-Mahin. Yo, Yaya is killing it right now. Neil Patrick yeah, Harris right. is, is a new male character. Then they have some other people, but that's only the ones we know right now. But look, let me give you the synopsis. Here it is. Wait. I thought I... Yeah, but oh. does that cast not sound fire? No, that's what I'm saying. That's why Matrix 4 is like, but how is Young Morpheus in it when old, like... What the like? It's just weird, bro. And then wait till I'm trying. As soon as I get this uh, freaking synopsis, so you can hear how even weirder it is. It's like, my God, what are they going for with this? Like, are they are they going here? Are we doing this? Oh, I think I think Daniel took it down. Yeah, that shit was. <laughs> are we going here? <laughs> Yo, no, it is. It's so weird. Like, I wish he didn't. I, I, he had to have taken this down because, like, I read this like the other day. <laughs> like. Yo, this this stuff is isn't is bonkers. So basically, let, let me let me try to see if I can go by uh by my memory. Basically, it was like they're watching the Matrix is a series inside the series. Like the people in the Matrix know about the three movies. <laughs> Some weird shit and like they're still trying to save the mate like I don't know, bro. Like I'm not going to do that cuz like I think Daniel took it down. So I don't even see it anymore, but, like, what I read, bro, was crazy. That was some nutso shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, put them put him out on the same weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. One of them will fail ma- majorly. Or they both might. Who knows? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Well, any anyway, uh, Turner and Hooch television series is in the works at Disney+. Plus. Bringing back to life the 1989 Tom Hanks buddy comedy 
that pairs a detective with a dog as they set out to solve crime. Matt Nix, known for the gifted and burn notice, is attached to write and produce the series. Ooh, okay, that sounds fire. Yeah, so this was like a some kind of you know TV show with Tom Hanks back in the day. So uh, you know Disney Plus, they need content, so anything anything goes. Yeah, true. Also, we have the Young Justice season four title, which is Phantoms. Being that we saw the Legion of Superheroes last season, I'm thinking. Maybe Wally isn't dead. Maybe Wally's in the future through the Speed Force. But Young Justice Season 4 is, is the, the little subtext is Phantoms. I, I'm just curious to see where they bring that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, man. I, like, somebody's... I, Wally has to be alive. Oh, well, I mean, that's just... I, 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 was, I was really satisfied with that episode they had in Season 3 where I felt like it was a closeout. Mm, I feel you on that. I Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Matrix 4... This is what he said it's about. Adult Neo and Trinity, Young Morpheus, the Matrix trilogy exists as movies within the Matrix. Characters in the movie keep telling Neo they're a huge fan of the trilogy while he's trying to save the the fucking, uh, while they're trying to save the movie. No fucking way. (laughs) That's what he said. So, who knows? Weird. (laughs) That shit sounds crazy, bro. But also, that's a rumor. Who knows if that ends up being true? But I just had to... I knew I was going to find it. That shit sounds fucking strange. But good for Turner and Hooch. Good for Disney+. Plus. Uh, is it, uh, who, did they say who's going to replace Tom Hanks? No, I mean, I think they just announced they were going to put it this? into works. Yeah, okay, like, okay. Th- this guy's going to go ahead and start writing the script. Word, word. Well, next up, we got Warner Brothers is teaming up with Suicide Squad director David Ayer on a contemporary remake of the classic war pick, The Dirty Dozen. Ayer will write and direct a retelling of the World War II film. The film centered on a top-secret mission before the Normandy invasion where a group of hardened army prisoners trained uh, to conduct a suicide squad, a suicide mission, excuse me, not squad, to stage an assault on... uh, It's pretty much the same. Yeah, to stage an assault on Chateau Brittany where dozens of high-ranking German officers meet. The movie will be set in present day with a similar storyline as the original, focusing on a ragtag group of soldiers. Look, no matter what you think about David Ayer's Suicide Squad, he made Fury amazing, uh, Watch amazing. He can direct action movies in this vein. As long as he doesn't go, like, supernatural with it, this will work. And when I mean yeah. supernatural, I'm talking enchantress. <laughs> exactly. Like that that was what I was gonna say too. I mean, I think they got a guy who's got experience with doing a film exactly like this, but now he doesn't have to deal with like fantastical stuff. Yeah, just facts. keep like, it I grounded. Um you know, they need I, I'm hoping that they kind of make this like a, a strong cast with that centers around strong acting and not like, you know, the expendables. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, cast it like they did Fury, where they had Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman. Uh, yeah. Freaking, um, what's Brad Pitt. They had your boy from uh, Ant-Man. I can't think of his name right now. But he was oh. in the watch, too. Uh, yeah. The Latino actor. I know who we're talking about. I can't remember his name right now. Off the top of my head. Hold on, I got you. Michael Pena. Yeah, Pena. Yeah, Pena. So, like, get a cast like that, like what Fury had, and I think yeah. it'll work. And I, I mean, and I think like what we're gonna get at James Gunn's Suicide Squad is like a real, real dirty dozen of superheroes. You know, like I, I feel like we're gonna get like twelve 
really interesting, solid characters out of this. Because we've seen so many names, you know? I feel like we're going to get names, you know? Yeah, no, I'm Where, with you. like, in I... the last Suicide Squad, we had little, a, sm- a little smaller team. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a little bit bigger, but I think they're going to be some more expendable, you know? I feel like people are going to die. Oh, I think we're going to see one team hold off. Like, I think we'll see one team go on a mission, die, and then we see the real team. Yeah. Like, I think we're like I think we're gonna see like a make like Amanda Waller tried a new squad, it didn't work, and then like now it's the real team who's coming on this mission. So I'm excited for that. But next up we got Legends of the Hidden Temple is coming to Queeby as well as singled out. Shuby, are we gonna have to buy Queeby? The streaming service. Yeah, man. I think Queeby's gonna have to be the the move. And apparently Yo. this this Legends of the Hidden Temple series is gonna be with adults. Ooh, that's fire. And Queeby's giving jobs away? Yo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not giving jobs away. They're just out there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yo, go fly to Queeby. Yo, shout out to Queeby. Get the Brosie Thing Network out. We'll make a pod for you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, it looks like Queeby got the got someone who's who's been in, tapped into Twitter to uh, to write stuff for them. Because every time I hear something, like, interesting, like, that's like, ooh, like, a, a p- old popular game show is coming back, or like an old popular series TV series is going to get like a, a mini reboot. Where's that going to be? Uh, wait, Queeby? Wait, Queeby has Steven Spielberg making something for them. Don yeah. Cheadle, Tyra Banks, Liam Hensworth, and Idris Elba all making something for them. What the hell is yo? What is Queeby doing? Yeah, Queeby's got a lot of crazy stuff going on, and they've teamed up with people from DC. From like ex uh, people behind the scenes, like CEOs and stuff from DC, Disney. Yo, what is Spielberg's After Dark? Guillermo del Toro's making a zombie movie. What? Punk is coming back. Yo, what is Queeby do? Yo, Queeby's out here. Yeah, Queeby's definitely out here for sure. All right, I'm gonna give Queeby a shot. Like, it sounds more interesting than the CBS, uh, this is the CBS streaming service or the NBC one. Peacock. Yeah, fuck Peacock. <laughs> yeah, man, that that's that's just uh, the network's handicapping us. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not for football that. purposes. Trash, trash. But that's all I got on Queeby. But uh, man, I might, I might want to go play Legends of Hidden Temple. Like, but it's gonna be in a real jungle. They said Omac's gonna be back. Like, I might have to compete, Shuby. Shoot, yeah, I'm into it. We should put you in there. <laughs> you could go and sing or isn't out. it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going on single that. Oh no, yeah, you can't go anymore. My bad, my bad. Sorry, sorry, Camille, my my mistake. But before we could send your ass on single out, you gonna have to send Brooklyn's ass when he comes from retirement. Oh man, not not vacation, Lord. Retirement. I'm thinking of something else, Lord. From vacation, we have to send Brooklyn's ass to singled out. That'd be interesting. For sure. Somebody, somebody from the, the network has to go and single out Charles. Somebody, somebody. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine Charles on single out. Never mind. Let's get to the next topic. <laughs> anyway, pa- Paramount Pictures is in early negotiations with uh, Jonathan Entwistle, who is known for the Netflix series "The End of the Fucking World." To develop a new take on Power Rangers for the studio. I forgot this was a story that happened. Yeah, it's going to take place in the 90s. Dope. All right, cool. Like, I didn't think the last Power Rangers was really bad. Like, I was kind of looking forward to seeing that team back. But if we're going back 90s, nostalgic, cool. Just make it make it dope. Just, you know, make the make the suits and the, the, 
the fight's good. Give us a good kaiju battle between a mech and like a a monster of some sort. And I'm and I'm into it. So can't really mess up Power Rangers, even though they they almost did in the last one. Well, I mean, like if they show us a really good like mech Power Rangers movie, and like you know, and people have really said that some of the Pacific Rim stuff was really nice. Like, why haven't we got gotten some like good mech? movies like where are they at yeah no, i know i'm with you my have you seen the power rangers at least robotech uh, like come yeah. on or gundam like have you seen the power rangers uh the youtube special where it was like mature power rangers all they have to do is do it like that and it'll be amazing like they had just it was just them fighting but with like super gore and blood like it was amazing yeah so i wonder what the tone is that they're gonna try and take this uh i mean obviously i don't know like if they tried to do adult Power Rangers, that'd be dope. But I don't know if I don't know if Power Rangers as an IP is ever gonna be taken that way. Yeah, no, you make a good point. It would probably be for kids, be especially seeing it. But I don't know. They're putting it in the '90s. This could be some a nostalgia thing for our generation. Who knows? Who knows? Especially with the in the end of the fucking world director, because he's a good like that was a good movie. I mean, a good series, Lord. Series, yeah. So who knows? But next up. This is small news. We're getting into the small news segment. Marvel's going to introduce the first Fox property into the MCU, into WandaVision. And I know you're thinking, ooh, X-Men. Ooh, no, no, don't don't get your, no, no, jumping too soon. But maybe this will be the start to us maybe getting a Phoenix uh, Saga movie right. They're putting in S.W.O.R.D. Yes, if you don't know what S.W.O.R.D. is, it's the Sentient World Observation and Response Department a.k.a. it is the shield of space. Its purpose is to defend with extraterrestrial threats to world security and space base, and it's the space-based counterpart of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Schubert, does this excite you that, you know, the MCU's slowly putting in Fox stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's good that Fox, is, Fox stuff is getting incorporated into Disney and it's not dying, you know? Yeah, and so. the thing is that, like, now that they've had a bunch of, like, Thanos happened, it makes sense for S.W.O.R.D. to exist. Yeah, it would totally make sense for S.W.O.R.D. to exist. Uh, I'm just laughing at the name S.W.O.R.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just so funny to me. One protects the ground, one protects the... One's an attacker, one's a defense base on the ground. So, you know, S.W.O.R.D. <laughs> but that's all That's all I got. Are we going to get um, Agents of S.W.O.R.D. too? No, 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 no. All that's dead. Kevin Feige cut that. Oh, but I mean, you know, now that we have S.W.O.R.D. now, now we can have Agents of S.W.O.R.D. You clowning. Nobody want to know Agents of Sword. Space Force, I, bro. I would rather Agents of Sword than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because at least we'd be in space. It'd be like Star Trek. Yeah, it would be kind of like Star Trek. It kind of would be kind of cool, honestly. Uh, yeah, so anyway, some other small stories that we have. Mrs. Maisel is renewed for Season 4. Season 3 just came out last week, so go check that out. Uh, Vanna White hosted an episode of Wheel of Fortune and The Sickness of Pat Sajak. People said she did a really good job. Good for Vanna White. She's been doing, she's been, her voice has been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Put on the back, she's been on the back burner for a while. Good to see her in the hosting seat, but prayers up to Pat Sajak, because like. For sure, know. yeah. Yeah. He is really sick, but it, it was kind of interesting to see Vanna White, um, you know, assume, assume the role at, in Pat, I mean, assume Pat Sajak's role, you know? Who was doing like, the, who always... was doing the pushing? Was it a man or was it a woman? I don't remember. Damn, we need to find that's crucial information. Schubert, was it a hot dude or was it a hot girl? Like, what's the wave? What's Vanna's wave? Wait, I'm about to look this up. You can continue, my bad. <laughs> All right. Um, and then the uh, the other story is um, on the Masked Singer this week. I didn't know if you knew about this, Lyndon. Victor Oladipo was unmasked. 
Oh, who was he? He was the thingamajig. What, uh, shoot, damn, I don't know what that is, bro. <laughs> oh, well, you asked who, what he was, and that was what he was, dude. He was the thingamajig. <laughs> You're right, I did ask. <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, but, I mean, he ended up outlasting Patty the Bell. Ooh, Vic, but, hey, Victor's an R&B singer. Yeah, I mean, he was a really solid singer, man. I was really surprised. Like, Victor put out a great album last week. Don't be, don't be uh, surprised, you know? My, last year, like Victor can definitely, definitely sing. Yeah, man, he was he was really great on the show. So that was just a surprising unmasking that I thought was interesting. Although he needs to be in rehab, trying to get back to play for the Pacers. But I digress. Basketball players can do more than films <laughs> earlier. They're more than athletes, yeah, and you know, good for Victor. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to remember who the other person that they unmasked this week was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I actually get a, I get a real kick out of that show. It's actually just, a pretty good show. I can't lie. Just, just for like reasons like with the Victor Oladipo, you know, where it's like, oh man, I didn't know that Victor Oladipo was like that a great singer. a singer. Yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a pretty damn good singer. He's won the NBA talent contest like three years in a row, and they told him he couldn't compete anymore. <laughs> Dang, bro. Yeah, like he's the man. That's that's funny. And uh, Ken Ken Jong, he's one of the hosts, and uh, he guessed it right. I'm I'm sure someone fed it into his ear though, mm. but he was like, "Yeah, I heard that Victor Oladipo is like the best singer in the NBA." He is. No, that is not that. Like, bro, I'm telling you, if I'd have watched that episode, I could have maybe guessed it if they'd have told me he was a sports guy. If I'd have heard the oh, clues. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see him standing next to Nick Cannon, and you're like, "Oh, well, this guy's definitely an athlete." Oh, real? Yeah. See, no, I'd, I'm I'd have guessed Victor, but shout out to Victor. Good for him. All right, Shuby, that's all we got for the news. Did this you week? figure out about? Victor? Anna White. Uh, no, was, I did uh, not. I, they didn't say. I was. I, I didn't feel like why I couldn't watch the video because it would have came on the recording. So, yeah, uh, gotcha. I think it's in the but end. Any, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Now we're done with the news, so we're moving into the box office. So um, the uh, number five is Black Christmas. Um, number four, Richard Jewell. Number it un- three, it underperformed. Knives. Richard Jewell. Well, I mean, like it's not very. It's not a very fun movie to go see. And it's, it's not Christmas season. That is true. Yeah. I was just like, saying that's that. My, that's my lowest... argument with that. No, no, I agree with you. And I think it might have did better on streaming. It's just I was just saying that because it's the lowest uh, box office for a Clint Eastwood movie in a long time. Yeah. What's been going on from what I'm hearing from other radio hosts that have been talking about this movie is that it's not being promoted well or like uh, there's like a, um, a pushback against oh, it. What? It tells a good story, doesn't it? it? It does tell a good story, but it makes the media look bad. And I think, like, the media uh-huh. networks are like, oh, yeah, we don't want, want you guys talking about how we made this mistake. Mm. We don't want you guys bringing this up all the time. Be like, oh, well, sorry that you yeah, guys it, ruined yeah. this poor man's life. Yeah, I got to go watch that movie. Damn, shout out to shout out to Clint Eastwood. Because I, speaking of Clint Eastwood, well, no, we'll jump to that after we finish. Because um, I've well, been watching a lot of t- Clint Eastwood movies. Two and one were Frozen Two and J- Jumanji: The Next Level. Good for Jumanji. I heard it. I heard it didn't really do something new. I heard it was more of the same old. But you know, good for The Rock. I'm. I'll, I'll That's check what it, out it looked like. That's why, like, I wasn't so excited about this one. Um, was when I saw the trailer, it pretty much seemed like it was going to be the same movie all over again, just with Danny DeVito and um, uh, was it Glover? Yeah. And it was still just The Rock and Kevin Hart doing a different shtick. You were right. I got to give you that. You were right on that one. 
I thought it was going to give us a little more. No. Same thing. Same thing. But, uh, yeah, that's it for the box office. All right, let's get to the movie on the rise. I'll let you go uh, last since you have the big the big sh- popping thing this week. I do have some cool stuff. The Witcher this Friday. Henry Cavill is going to be on Netflix. I'm definitely watching that. We'll definitely review and The whole the thing's going to be out, right? Yeah, whole thing's out. Netflix ain't doing that shit, bro. It's on Netflix. Also, a movie called The Two Popes, which come award season, that's one that's buzzing. It they uh it said that this movie is really really good. It stars uh stars Jonathan Price, Anthony Hopkins. They're both popes, and uh yeah, there's two popes at one time. There's two popes. Yeah, two popes. Uh, Anthony oh, wow. Hopkins one and Jonathan Price is the other. It stars Juan Minuin, Sidney Cole, and Lissandro Feeks. Not many other names you guys would recognize. And it's directed by Fernando Mireles. So the two popes. I'm gonna check this out. So there's two popes. Two popes. Wow, man, crazy. Yep. So. <laughs> what, what what do they do? <laughs> like, the heck is this movie? Hold on, I'll tell you, uh, I guess, the synopsis. The Two Popes is a bi- uh, biographical drama film. It's based upon the McCartan's 2017 play The Pope. Uh, let's see. Why don't I have any plot points? Do they go to war? I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Behind the Vatican walls, the conservative Pope Benedict and the liberal uh, future Pope Francis must find common ground and forge a new path for the Catholic Church. Oh, it's real life shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Super, it's oh. one of most recent Popes. <laughs> oh, jeez. The transition. <laughs> Interesting. Yo, this might be fire. They actually, yo, Anthony Hopkins and the, and the other guy, Jonathan Price, actually do look like Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I can see that. Not, I haven't seen the pictures, but I, I could, I can imagine that. All right, now, now I see what this movie's about because the one pope's liberal and one's really conservative, and yeah, 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 they're trying to bridge the gap. Okay, I see. All right, cool, 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 cool. Word. Well, that's my uh, movie on the rise. Shuby, what you got? Uh, well, of course I have the Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but Ooh. beyond. But beyond that, I have uh, the Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie Six Underground that you said your girlfriend saw. Yeah, she said it was pretty good, but I don't know, ladies and gents. I'm not going to tell y'all go watch that because my girlfriend said it was good. Not that she has bad taste or anything because she does pick some pretty – she picks some gems every now and again. But I'm not not suggesting to nobody to watch Michael Bay. It's a taste thing. Yeah, man. I'm not a big Michael Bay action guy. I'm not. It's not my thing. I mean, like for me, I've been trying to watch movies, and you—I know you have too. And you know, sometimes I like mind-numbing stuff at certain times of uh, of the day. You know, sometimes I can't pay so close attention to a movie, so I just need one that doesn't give me a lot of depth. And so that's when that I like to true. put on a Michael Bay movie. That all right? I'll give you that. That is true because I have been watching a lot of. Gotta pay attention to movies. Not that. Not saying that those movies were bad because. I've watched the gamut of movies. Like, for example, I watched the three major Kurosawa films, uh, which basically Kurosawa inspired most of pop pop culture movies like sci-fi and uh, superhero movies today due to his samurai movie. Star Wars is a major influence. A lot of anime takes it from this. Samurai 7, which is basically... The um, which is basically oh my gosh, what was that new Denzel Washington movie with Chris Pratt where they were all cop Magnificent Seven, Yojimbo, which inspired a lot of the 
the uh, westerns, and then uh, Rashomon, which inspires a lot of sci-fi stuff. The, those three movies were great. Watched uh, some Clint Eastwood movies, um, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, uh, Fistful of Dollars and Fistful of Dollars More. Loved all of those movies, as well as I've watched the supposed greatest movie of all time by film critics, Citizen Kane. You watch that? Yeah, bro. Limpin' out here, baby. I've been watching black and white movies, and my girlfriend's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> Yo, like, the, the past four movies I've watched have been in black and white. Like, you oh don't my God. Yo, it's been... I, but, I, hey, watched, uh, I watched Swordfish. <laughs> but that's a good movie, though. <laughs> it was a pretty good movie. Shout out to Hugh Jackman and John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta is just like... It's... His his eccentricness is so goofy in that movie. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, watch Drive. Oh, nice. What'd you think? It was pretty good. I could what? see where um, uh, everyone could where this kind of like grew Ryan Gosling's career. I love that. Like, it was pretty pretty uh pretty good job by him. Oh, I have to. It reminded me of Baby Driver. Yeah, it was Baby Driver before Baby Driver, and it was more serious, though. Where Baby yeah, Driver had definitely. comedy, this didn't have any comedy to it. It was like, nah, bro, this is a serious movie. Yeah, I loved, like, in the beginning or whatever, he's, like, got the uh, the Clippers game on. <laughs> yeah, that trash. Wasn't Blake Griffin and Chris Paul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Clippers era, that's funny. Yeah, it was 2011 when the movie came out. But look, let me say this about Citizen Kane, like some of these older movies. I like them because the stories are, are, in my opinion, just as good as today, if not better. Like, you see the building blocks for things that we love now. Like, when I watch these these 50s and 60s movies, I see the inspiration that these creators took from these past creators, if that makes sense. Okay. so Like, Like I see how how a Citizen Kane can influence, for example... Citizen Kane to me is like I, I read an interview with Martin Scorsese where he said it was the first true look at like us hating a character and then like us wanting to love him but we can't because he's evil. That without that you don't get a Joker film. You don't get uh some of these these films where we look at bad people and we don't care if they have good things happen to them. We're just watching their downfall essentially. Without Citizen Kane, we don't get any of that. I got you. With all those samurai movies, it Star Wars, uh, some of the superhero stuff, like a lot of people took Kurosawa stuff and and remixed it. So shout out to those classics. But Shuby, let's get to our discussion of this week because it's Star Wars week and the Doctor Afro news. My question is, what show slash movie should Lucasfilm make next? Uh, I mean, like I'm what I really love about the Mandalorian right now is that it doesn't really have it has a lot of mentions and tie-ins to the films, like to the to the to the uh, the, to the universe. Like, yeah, how hilarious was Bill Burr's joke uh, about the gun? Uh, well, we got to save that. Game, you know? Yeah, but that was fine. We got to save that. Let's so, like that. stuff, stuff like that. So, I mean, like, I like having stuff that's just in the world that really has nothing to do with anything. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to take a character or anything, like. Obi-Wan's cool and Cassian's cool, but like other than that, like I'm not trying to pull characters. Mm. Uh, I'd more want to pick and pick and poke in time periods. Okay, okay. Um so, like I would I'd be interested in doing um some pre episode one stuff and, 
in a series format. Uh, I'd be interested in doing maybe like um, Young Anakin. Ooh, but I thought we already wait, wait, Young Anakin. Did as we a, already as have? animated. Oh, as animated. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, young, a young Anakin, a young Anakin animated series about him being trained before episode two. Oh, okay. Because that used to be a book series growing up, um, and that I used to get at the book fair, and, and it was a pretty interesting one. So, like, yeah, they, there's a lot of untold stories, even in, that are mentioned in episode two. Like in episode two, there. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are in an elevator and he's talking about the time where he saved his life and blah 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 blah. Like I'd like to go see that kind of stuff in an animated format and Disney Plus. Like that's why I was mentioning that earlier. I just think that you know we've seen so much success with the animated stuff and now that I'm watching Mandalorian it's pretty much the same shtick. So it doesn't really matter either way to me what you're giving me. Like you're going to give me the same thing. So just I don't care which way you do it. Just do it. Mm, okay see uh, we said Old Republic plenty of times. Uh, of course, I want to see a live-action Old Republic series. But yeah, I'm gonna give great. you something. I'm gonna give you something different. Being that we're in Bounty Hunter Mandalorian world, I would like to see um, a TV series. Yes, Bounty Hunters would be in it, but that's not the main premise because we're not copying. I want to see basically a crime syndicate story from the Clone Wars era with the Huts. Like I want to see like Godfather. Live action series with like the huts, like crime syndicate. Well, what about the Cad Bane uh, um, rumors that have been around? They wanted to make a Cad Bane series. I would be cool with that. Like, that's I'd be cool with with that. Like, that's something that's kind of like, honestly, I would want Cad Bane to be in that show 100%. Yeah, my issue with making a Cad Bane series with, I like what you're saying more so because, yeah, because we just made Mandalorian and it's similar stuff. Well, it's similar stuff. And I think they need to center around someone that's not some someone we know in a different property because like it, that's why I don't like pulling characters because like if you pulled Cad Bane then you'd be like oh okay well we can only talk about Cad Bane during the, these certain periods of time because like in the other times he's on Clone Wars. Yeah, true, 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 true. Like Cassian's true. an okay character to pull because he really only has that one story in Rogue One and Rogue One is a small stretch of time. Yeah. So there's a no. lot of story pre cat you know Rogue One that you could talk about with Cassian. And that's my thing. Like, let's see the underworld because we always, even in Mandalorian, we're not really seeing it, but we're hearing about it. Like, is that underboss? And like, Red Dawn would be a good TV show. Like, show us the crimes. Uh, just basically a crime syndicate. Crimson Dawn, you mean? Yeah, Crimson Dawn. My bad. Yeah, it it, it all would be too. And I mean, even I also think uh, developing X wing centric film films about um, pilots pilots in different eras. Uh, I think that's also a possibility. So it, it all depends. I, there's a lot of different ways that you can explore Star Wars. And I think the, the series are really opening it up. It's just people need to get over themselves with the, the way that they picture the series. And that's just my opinions. Rogue Squadron would be a good one to follow. Uh, yeah, Ro- yeah, Rogue Squadron would be great. Uh, and that's But the interesting thing with that is that it would have to be something that I would Again, suggest would have to be animated due to Luke needing to be in it. Yeah, unless you true. took Luke out of it, but then still Wedge would need to be in it. And yeah, so that you know. just opens up a whole other can of worms. So it's just like it's just really difficult with all of that. And then like, uh, or or you could do like freaking um instead of Old Republic, hit it with the beginning, the Jedi, like how the Jedi were founded. You know what I mean? Like 
the first the first Jedi Sith type deal. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of that, I'm more a fan of uh, Old Republic. And you don't have to tell me how the Jedi was made. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I don't necessarily need like the the when the Jedi was. Well, I mean, and my thing with the Old Republic is like I really just feel like that's what they want need to explore the movies, especially like the idea of Darth Bane. And I'm like that that's that stuff needs to be. That stuff needs to be movies. Like that that stuff's cinematic. Like that stuff's big. That's big big time stuff. Big time stuff. Like I'm talking about like what you were talking about, the crime syndicates, like small time stuff. That's what we need to be talking about. Give me like, you know, these because what I'm seeing out of Disney Plus is that we're not gonna go there. But see um, that's I, that's that's my thing. That's what I'm saying, and you know, maybe it'll change. I think that's gonna and, change. And and after what I, we'll talk about it with this episode, but I don't think they're gonna go there. Like I I don't think they will. So I, I would rather them do something that's a really heavy, heavy story that's gonna, that we need darkness. Uh, I, I would take it to the films. I don't know Reels. if they're going to go there. And Disney+. Re- Plus. See, I, that's what, we'll talk about that a little bit because I, I disagree with you. And also, before we had this Obi-Wan series, I'd have loved to see a Qui-Gon Jinn Obi-Wan adventure story, kind of similar in the vein of your Obi-Wan An- young Anakin thing because that would be fire too. Either way, I think we're on on similar pages here, but don't you do you have a discussion question for us? Yeah, so since this is the 69th episode of the podcast, and you know we're all little kid, little perverted kids at heart. Uh, what is bro? Uh, we don't have some... little kids that listen to this, so you can be honest. Like, we, we, let's get to it, bro. Let's get to it. Let's get to the shits. It's the 69th episode. Um. Yeah. So, what are your favorite raunchy comedies? And all right, um, are we going really raunchy? Cause like I got I got like a really really raunchy one. Like it's not like it's not like porn or anything. It's like still a movie at the end of the day. But it's like more raunchy than like let's say like uh for example old school's a raunchy comedy, but it's it's raunchier than old school. Oh yeah, raunchier than old school. Cause I mean like you know I would I would even consider American Pie as raunchier than old school. Yeah okay, and I'm going raunchier than American Pie, but it's still in the same family. As American Pie, I'm going American Pie, The Naked Mile slash Beta House. Two different movies, <laughs> but they follow. Yo, Beta House inspired me to join a frat. Like I say this story all the time. Like without Beta House, I would not have joined the frat. It follows the White Stifler and Eric Stifler, not the main. They're like I, they're like brothers and cousins of uh of like the main Stifler. But yo, want to talk about a great raunchy comedy? Beta House in the Naked Mile. Watch the Naked Mile first because Eric Stifler's in high school, and then after that he goes to college and joins Beta House. Yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, I wish they would make some more comedies, uh, like some of the old raunchy comedies they made back in the the seventies and eighties. Like, you know, I would consider Caddyshack even a raunchy comedy. Yeah. Um, Porky's is one of my favorites of all time, uh, which is back in the seventies. Eighty one. 81 Porky's was? Yeah, 81. Okay. And, knocked Up's uh, a good raunchy comedy. Knocked Up. Uh, we mentioned Super American Ed. Pie. Um, I was reading, like, this Netflix or this article about Netflix movies the other day, and, like, apparently, like, there's these Netflix movies that have, like, these very intense sex scenes. Yes, and, like, they do. I I know exactly what you're talking I know exactly what, what you're One talking of them was about. talking about how it's like, oh, yeah, they have this one has, like, the... Three, this one was filmed in 3D, so it's like it comes right at you. I'm like, what the, what the heck? I'm like, why is this on Netflix? <laughs> That's funny. Yo, I would say also, um, 
I'm not gonna count super bad because that is more company age. I'm I did say that in a little bit, but uh forgetting Sarah Marshall and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Great. Yeah, Harold and Kumar comedy. is a good good one. Yeah. Uh I like all the Harold and Kumars. Like I mentioned that I enjoy the Christmas one. And Guantanamo Bay is also really good. Uh that also reminds me we do need to talk about a Christmas movie before we get into the reviews. Yep, yes we do. Um, but yeah, uh, finishing it at raunchy comedy. I also really enjoy the uh, the the raunchy um, spoof movies. Like not another teen movie is probably one of my favorite movies ever. I could watch that movie anytime, any place. Yeah, that is a pretty good movie. I'm not um, gonna lie. Is that the one where uh, Carmen Electra turns into Mystique and she and her just they like inflate her boobs? No, I'm pretty sure that's epic movie. <laughs> I'm like, talking about epic movie then. My bad. I know what you're talking about now, though. Yeah, epic not another movie. teen movie wow. is the one with uh with uh Captain America. Ah, okay, okay, Chris okay, Evans. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same. Oh, also, Sex Drive. I like that movie. That, Sex that Drive is a good love. movie. Yes. Sex, Sex Drive is fire. It's a funny, funny movie. Um, what's another one? There's so many. Uh, Road well, Trip. I feel. I feel- like there there is so many and they were a lot of like the 90s 2000s and early you know maybe early a little bit early this decade but as of recently i haven't really noticed that there haven't been too much like this year you would i would say like book smart and good boys were the two raunchy comedies yeah those are those are probably the only ones and then and neither one of them are really like to the extent of some of the ones that we're talking about you know yeah, no, like Van Wilder. Van Wilder. Old school, Bad Santa. Bad Santa's a good raunchy comedy. Exactly. Like, I, uh, that's something that we haven't really seen someone do. I think maybe it's a diff- it's a hard era to do it in. Nah, push the envelope creators out there. But push yeah, the I'm fucking surprised envelope. that not even on streaming we haven't seen that, you know? Shit, Borat's a raunchy comedy. I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah, Borat probably counts in this category. Hell yeah, so does a uh, 40-year-old virgin. That was a great one. 40, yeah, 40-year-old virgin. Um... Do you count the hangovers as a raunchy comedy? Yeah, I think I, I think that's so. the last real raunchy comedy, 2009. No, I mean, we mentioned one that was earlier. It's later than that. Which one? Talking about, uh, talking about uh, Knocked Up? Good Boys. Up? Or oh, no, I mean... Good, good Boys, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, when, there's been others in, like, in this decade. When was Forgetting Sarah Marshall? No, that was like 2009. 2008. Nope. All right. When was Get Him to the Greek? Because that, I think Get Him to the Greek might be the last one. 2010, 2011. Yeah, that's 2010. But even that wasn't that raunchy. Like, it was the Jeffrey and all that. Yeah, that was wild. Especially if you watch the uncut version. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. There's tits and sex all up in that shit. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Russell and Brand I guess like Jonah Hill's wife. <laughs> also, also maybe like Game of Thrones supplement, like supplemented everyone's need for like sex on screen for this decade. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not really. I don't think sex on screen is really big to to the to the new generation, especially when everything like there's. Only well, so, I mean, tell that to the Netflix shows because I mean, like those movies were all filmed in this decade, and we're talking about. 3D, like, you know, 3, 3D <laughs> sex movie. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I think there's there's an audience for it right now. 3D softcore. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't think, that, I, I definitely don't think 2019 is against this, a good sex scene. But, I mean, like, 
I don't, I don't know if, like, they're all about, like, uh, oh, I'm exchange student from, Gre- from, like, Greece. Here's my boobs. <laughs> like, I don't think, like... I just don't think like that's cutting it anymore, you know. He's got to be more educated. <laughs> yes. Yo, I just typed in raunchy comedies from this generation. Uh, let's bad teacher, but that's not really raunchy. But there is no. sex and bad teacher. No way, she does fuck Jason Bateman, whatever Jason, whatever his name is. Like that shit's wild. Yeah, but, uh, but, is she, but is she, but is she like you know topless oh no sex whole, tape yeah. no it's sex tape it's sex tape i'm sorry it's sex tape that's the one she has she is top that shit's on pornhub like and don't ask me how i know that i just know it is <laughs> it got a five out of ten on imdb 16 percent of rotten <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh wait we tripping seth rogan gave us the most raunchy comedy of this generation oh sausage party Yes, but it's with uh with food. <laughs> Fucking Sasha's party, yeah, that's true. Yo, that's hilarious. Yo, we went there. 69th episode, raunchy. <laughs> raunchy, but yeah, I'm from raunchy to Christmas. Well, now, what's your favorite Christmas uh, Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Since we're uh since we're not gonna have an episode before uh, Christmas, let it's time to get to the nitty gritty. Um, look, I'm telling you to watch. A year without a Santa Claus. We're going Rankin Bass, ladies and gentlemen. Rankin Bass Christmas movies. Uh, I'm Mr. Snow Miser. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. You don't get better than a year without a without a Santa Claus. Don't get any better than that. Uh, Rud- I'm not a big fan of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Santa Claus is coming to town's all right. But Twas the Night Before Christmas, amazing. Jack Frost is pretty good. Uh... Oh, I said Muppets Christmas Carol last week. I'm trying to think of some more. But yeah, if we're talking Rankin Bass, Jack Frost, Twas the Night Before Christmas, Year Without a Santa Claus, those are some fire movies. Um, because oh yeah, you don't like Christmas movies, so this is all me. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> Vacation. You already said that. We're not letting you. Go. No, I didn't say Christmas Vacation yet. I was saving it for this week. Oh, and you then you're Christmas in the Vacation Grinch. in the Grinch. Oh yeah, and the Grinch, but not Jim Carrey's the Grinch, the cartoon. Yeah, no, the cartoon. Yeah, not, yeah. but not not the recent cartoon. No, the, 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 OG, the OG cartoon. Yeah, uh, so much, so much to like the '90s cartoon. Yes, or mean, even no, earlier than that, probably yeah, that. Before, yeah, 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 it's way before that. Um, do you like the Polar Express? Oh no, you're not a Christmas. My girlfriend no. loves that movie. Yeah, that, that's like her jam. Um, people Charlie call that Brown, movie creepy. I think you should watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, that one's dope. If you're doing a Christmas carol, like I said, do Muppets. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Classic. Check oh, that. Eight Crazy Nights. Oh. Not a Christmas movie, but kind of a Christmas movie. It's, it's, a, it's a holiday movie, but it's also a raunchy comedy. Also, yeah. Good tie-in, Shuby. Well, yeah, that's all the Christmas movies I got for him. Year Without a Santa Claus. Um... Uh, Grandma got run over by reindeer. Christmas Carol. Twas the night before Christmas. The recess Christmas special. <laughs> the, the recess Christmas special. That's a good uh, one. Charlie Brown Christmas in the Grinch. Like fire Christmas movies that won't steer you wrong. Oh, and of course on Christmas Day, you have to spend your Christmas Day watching a Christmas story, the OG classic movie. Mom, you'll sh- uh, uh, Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. Like you gotta watch that. that you like that? Bro, my look, my mom, ever since I have been alive and cognizant, 
every Christmas, there's one TV on in the house that plays that all day long, the TBS marathon. She doesn't turn it. She makes us watch it at least one time with her. And once I got old enough to watch basketball, it would be like we'd watch basketball. And then once basketball was over and they had nothing else on, she'd turn Christmas Story back on. And we couldn't turn Christmas Story until 9 o'clock on Christmas Day once we were like, Mom, Christmas is over. And she's like, all right. That movie's fine. I like it, bro. Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> Man, yeah. That, that, yeah the, you don't fuck thing, with that movie. Uh. Then, yeah, it's on all day for like two days. <laughs> Luckily, I don't watch that channel, so... Oh, man, but that's all we got this week. Let's get into the reviews. Let's start with Mandalorian, because Watchmen, I got a lot to say. Uh, well, you were super hyped on Mandalorian. This was the sixth episode, chapter six. What I will say before we get into it is what I've started to view, view with the Mandalorian, and you know, and we've speculated that this was going to be what the show was going to be about, where it was going to be... Uh, very episodic, like you know, mission oriented kind of the kind of deal. Well, I see this as kind of like a Star Wars book. It's kind of like each episode is called a chapter, and I'm looking at it like a chapter. This it's probably going to be a you know thirty chapter book, you know, probably more than that. And we're getting through early on stories. Like the, with this episode, we um, the Mandalorian goes back and. Uh, he needs he needs help. He needs, he needs help. He needs money. He needs a place to hide. He needs to figure stuff out. So he goes back to a crew that he has a lot of history with. His old and I gang. Think, like, his old meeting his old gang, learning about some of his old history, his old tie-ins was is important to the plot. Like people are gonna be like, this has nothing to do with the plot. This doesn't drive the plot. And I'm like, well, it it we're. Give, we're letting him you know more about the characters. We're, yeah, we're fleshing out the characters here. We're we're setting up like this is a long. We're we're going for a while here, but and and then I do also have a tendency to see why this is a a Star Wars Rebels episode. Mm. It's definitely one hundred percent a Star Wars Rebels episode. Yeah, it kind um, of but I, we uh, but on the other hand, it's also yeah, it's it's also kind of a bebop, but it's also a really cool Star Wars heist film. Yeah, it is. And the that score means, for a lot of it was really, really interesting and kind of like my, its own tone. This is my favorite episode. Look, man, you get him going, old crew, his old crew leader can't do it anymore. Bill Burr's the, the leader. They're going through the droids. The droids already looking for looking sketchy because he sees the the, oh. the message from uh, uh, Grease, uh, a.k.a. Carl Weathers, and it's like, they're dealing with Baby Yoda, and he's like, nah, bro, put that down, and then they gotta go try to escape some Twilight, and then you just basically see, like Schubert said, a prison heist movie, but they try to put the Mandalorian in the prison, and it's like, nah, I gotta go save Baby Yoda, I can't let these fucks get to him, and then it's just like Batman John Wick style taking out taking out all these dudes, and it was just, I loved every moment of it. This was the most action-packed to me. I got to know more about the Mandalorian character himself, and I, I felt this progressed the story. It wasn't a filler. If you want to understand what filler is, go watch Naruto, go watch Bleach, go watch any anime where the filler takes you completely from the main storyline, and it has absolutely nothing to do at all. For this episode, it still has something to do with the overarching story. Yes, it's not connecting to the through line of Baby Yoda, but like Cowboy Bebop, it takes... It's vignettes. This, is, this show is not called The Child. Exactly. It's called Mandalorian. We're taking vignettes of this dude's life and showing you points of it 
while there's a through line overarching through a couple episodes, most of its stories to flesh it out. Season two, I think, will be more of a fleshed out story than this is. I think the last two episodes will tie together like the first two did. But then after that, it's like, then we might get more story. But even if we don't, I'm okay with this episodic nature where we get individual vignettes and then some through lines between them. I'm not upset about that. Um, I, I don't really think we need to go through cut by cut. But, you know, some things that I liked about the episode, um, I liked all those little references like we talked about earlier. Like, you know, him saying, oh, I wonder if you're a gun gun, gun game awesome. under there. That's that's really funny. You know, talking yeah, about it looks like a Canto bite like slot machine. Yo, that that like I felt like they took shots at all the shit that like Twitter loves to that we hate in Star Wars, and it was awesome that you could be meta and make fun of that stuff. And I thought yeah. Bill Burr pulled it all. I like I loved Bill Burr in this. Like out of all the comedians they put in here, Bill Burr's the character that worked the best to me. Yeah, Bill Burr was interesting. I didn't like that they made his like holster look like very. Uh, you really didn't like his holster. I, didn't like I thought it, it was and, bad. And I, I rewatched it today, and I was like, oh, I do not like the way that those guns are on the holster, and that they look like real guns. And I'm like, oh. You didn't like how the the third one came out. I thought that was badass. No, I no no I, no. That's not what I'm saying. I like but that. You're talking about- She's talking about talking how he looked like Will Smith off a of bad boy. Looks like yeah, yeah, where he looks like Will Smith off a of bad boys. I'm like that. That's not Star Wars. This Cut was it fire. <laughs> so yeah, and I like uh, where he's like, um, I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. Yeah. He's like, he's <laughs> like, oh, that's not saying much. Yeah. He's no, a pure sharpshooter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, so little things like that were good, but things that I didn't like, like I said, the the holster thing. Uh, there was the scene where like the Bor- Borg or whatever crushes the droids. That was cool and everything, but it was so obviously a deleted scene that was put in there to 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 give it more time. That it pissed me off. I was like, this this didn't fit in right. It, you you should have just kept it out. Like it it didn't it didn't it just messed up with the whole vibe God. of the thing. Damn, see but, that didn't bug me that bad. What bugged me yeah. was the twat like. The Twilight girl, like, hissing every five seconds. Like, I get that's her character. And I liked her character for the most part. But I just didn't like how she was, like, this vampire lady. Even though she wasn't. Yeah, I mean, that was a little bit overacted, in my opinion. And it that, was. And that, and that lady is a, usually a pretty good actor. She was Tonks and Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like she may have, like, pushed that a little bit too hard. Did you notice who uh, the, the rebel... Guy was, or did you oh, notice who any of those people were? Yeah, it was the three directors. It was care. Uh, the first, I okay. At first, when I first watched it, I recognized Rick Famuyu, and I was like, "Oh, dope!" Rick cameoed in this uh thing he directed. But then when I rewatched after uh seeing some of the people on Twitter, I was like, "Oh shit, it's Filoni!" How didn't I recognize Filoni and Deborah Chow? But like, I recognized Rick off rip because I I knew him from his Breakfast Club or maybe not Breakfast Club interview, but he did interviews for Dope and like. I just I just knew his face from like multiple interviews when he was uh talking about his movie Dope. And so, with Filoni, Filoni's hat is such like a defining thing for him. Like when he doesn't he's not wearing the hat, it's sometimes weird. it's hard to recognize him. It was, yeah. But shout uh, out to Deborah Child. But yeah, uh, but uh the the guy who uh was the rebel in the um in in the prison. Who's you know that? Who that was? Uh-huh. Uh, well that's Matt Lantner, I believe, is yeah, Matt Lant- Lanter, and uh, he was in that show Timeless that I really liked. He was one of the main characters in that, but he's also the voice of Anakin in Clone Wars. 
Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was a, a fun little nod to have him in the episode as well. Oh, yeah. Good for him, man. Shout out to so, that guy. Sure, so, so, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty cool episode all in all. Um, I mean, Mandalorian definitely kicked some butt. I love the scene where I, I guess you would what we would call this very Batman-esque, where oh, he has like, the flashes of him coming uh, up behind Mayfeld. Yeah, coming uh, behind Bill Burr's ass. Yeah, so that that all was really good. Um, I liked how the episode went, where it was like, oh, you knew that they were going to betray him, but when were they going to do it? Throws him into the cell. Him getting out of the cell was very impressive. Like, you know, th- you know, tearing off the droid stuff. It's the first time we actually I get to, that like... I thought badass. And it was yeah, like, like, yo, Mando's smart. He's smart. He's, you know, we get to see him, like, take on, like, seven droids at once. Yeah. That was a really awesome scene. Uh, man, like, there's just some really cool stuff with him in this episode. That's what um, I'm saying. We, it, it fleshed out his character, showed you that this dude ain't nothing to fuck with, and it shows why Mandalorians are so revered as some of the best warriors in the galaxy next to Jedi. Yeah, and then um, the other side plot that we haven't talked about was Baby Yoda and the ship with the droid. I mean, he was just hiding from him. Uh, but I did think that the scene where he is trying to, like, use the Force... And like it, it, the droid gets like destroyed, and he's he looks at his hand like what? Yeah, he's like whoa, I did this. And it's like nah, bro. Mando <laughs> shot him. Chill out. You you ain't do that, baby Yoda. You're still pure innocent, <laughs> even though you're 50 years old and you're not a baby. But it's okay. Yeah, I'm just ready <laughs> for a teenage Yoda. That's coming next up. Next episode, bro. It's going down. Six and seven. I mean, seven and eight. It's going down. All baby Yoda stuff. But. Let's jump to it, bro. Let's jump in the shits. First off, I got to say, out of singular television, this season of Watchmen was probably one of the best singular seasons of television I've ever seen in my life. Wait, wait. Actually, I just forgot, totally forgot something. There was one thing I had to touch on with Mandalorian that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, and that I thought was a cop-out, which is what I you know, have said that it was why they're not going to go there. I mean, he didn't kill anyone. But, I mean, that's the character. But, I mean, like... Wait, Aston he didn't kill just, anybody? No. Nobody was. I thought. Oh, they just all ended up in jail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. He killed those fucking. Uh, he killed Quinn and that other dude. He put the he put the blasters on them. The new. I know the New Republic did it, but he still murdered those peeps. He put the thing there. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, bro. He's still killing niggas. Like, and I and I know people said that 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 corn dude didn't die, but I don't know, bro. It seemed like he died. Which dude? The dude where the door shut and he picked it up and then the door shut. But he shut was alive. Face. I mean, he was. We saw him in the cell. Oh, real. Yeah, mm. you see all three of them in a the cell. Oh well, then they're just yeah. Well, he just he captured them. Could fit. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna give you the he, easy the, out he, of death. They got what they deserved. Okay. Yeah, bro. exactly. I'm not, I'm not gonna give you the easy out of Kill death. Kill him, you bro. Guys go right in, right in prison. We might see you in season two. <laughs> yeah, we might see Mayfeld later. That's what I want to see. Shout out to Bill Burr. But yeah, all right, let's get into it. Best, yeah, best season finale. Best season finale. I'm just saying overall as a season. As a season of television, this is one of the best seasons of television I have ever seen in my life. Damon Lindelof, after this season, I started watching Leftovers. Like, I, I immediately started watching Leftovers after. Damon Lindelof is one of those creators I check for now. I, I, I wrote this down because all the stuff I'm going to say right now, I wrote down because... 
I was like, I got to take extensive notes on this because this is great. List of creators that I put Damon Lindelof with. Inchiro Oda, the writer of One Piece. Kishimoto, the writer of Naruto. Hirokoshi, the writer of My Hero. Christopher Nolan, Tarantino, Brian Azzarello, Jeff Lemire, Frank Miller, Jeff Johns, Brian Edward Hill. Lindelof goes in that level of creators because this was masterfully written. And I know he doesn't take credit for all of it. And he, he had a great writer's room. But this was masterfully written. First thing I got to say is, yo, I was right. Give me my props. I was right, Black Swami. He called it. The Asian woman took Ozymandias sperm and shot it up. <laughs> yo, that shit was wild. She took that shit. She said, <laughs> She said, I'm yeah, making and, you a daughter. And it was in spite, too. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I love Ozymandias. I want to have no, it, was like, it was like, oh, yeah. Want- Fuck this guy. I'm going to take his smart genes and make like a super daughter. Yeah, make a make a king builder. That's basically she was, she was like, I'm gonna make me one. Fuck yeah. Also, uh, so basically we see that the time we finally get an understanding of all the displacement of time. Everything's starting to fit together. So she has Lady True, she takes Ozymandias' sperm. She then goes and sees Oz, Ozymandias before or no af, before um, John goes sees him before Dr. Manhattan sees him. She tells him she's his daughter, and she he's like, nah, Brian's accepting you. And she was like, give me $2 billion so I can do what I got to do and save the world. Because I thought a great line was that you're a rerun. It was like, oh, nigga, I'm not no rerun. I'm going to fuck you up. And we see that come later. But uh, <laughs> and, he, and, and he was like, look, I made my parents gave me a fortune. I donated it all the way, and I showed I could do it on my own. You got to do it on your own, girl. And then it, then it jumps to the present or jumps to when he's in space. And we see that it's like, yo, the person he sent saved me to. And oh, because he told her, he was like, yeah, and I'm never going to acknowledge you as my daughter. So the message that it wasn't just save me, it was save me daughter. Lady True then sends a ship to Europa to come get him. Uh, He kills Adam. And he was like, I did all of this. And Schubert, I didn't even realize this. The court scene, he wrote that. Ozymandias wrote all of that. Like, that was all planned by him because he wanted a worthy adversary. That's why Crookshanks winked at him. It wasn't because they were trying to fuck him. It was because he wrote all of this and, like, they knew it was going to be okay. Yeah, dude. that's That was all wild. Like, that he none of that was, like, real. It was just all him, like, pretending. He was trying to get an adversary like, and not go crazy. Yeah, nuts. I was like, what, dude? This is wild. But it goes back to what Dr. Manhattan, the reason why Dr. Manhattan left, because Dr. Manhattan created them so they could live in prosperity with him but they worshiped him as a god and Ozymandias wanted to be worshiped as a god for saving the earth he ends up getting to a place where he's worshiped like a god and he hates it so he ha- he's like I gotta go back to the-, to the chaos Lady True saves him but this is the kicker the reason why he the uh, when uh, Lori Blake asked him why does he look so old because on his way from space they froze him in gold basically carbonated him so he could be able to have all his vitals and everything ready and she kept him in gold until it was time to do the Millennium Clock stuff, I was like, yo, what the fuck? He was there the whole time. That, and, and I listened to, shout out to Damon Lindelof again, I listened to the Watchmen podcast where he talks and breaks down the series. He basically said he did that, I don't, didn't you watch Lost? Yes. Season three. Isn't that the um, same thing that happened in season three? Similar? I don't, I don't remember, man. Or something like that. Well, basically he said he used that trope before and he wanted to spin it a different way, but he got the idea from Saw. If you remember Saw 2, when uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg's brother is looking for his son, 
and it's showing all the events that his son and all those bad people are doing. But it turns out if Mark Wahlberg would have listened to Saw, his son was in the box next to him, but he doesn't listen and ends up dying. And it's like, holy shit, your son was next to you the whole time. And it was it was one of those things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, Shout out to shout out to Lindelof for that move, and it was just like, yo. But um, what I liked was that he told, and I think this is a theme that we're going to see in this episode. Ozymandias, before he leaves, he told he, the uh, Adam asked him, "Why did you make me wear a mask?" Because he goes, "Mask makes men cruel," and I was trying to find a worthy adversary. It goes back to the whole idea of do masks like is it a good thing to be a superhero wearing masks and it's like yo and the first and the first thing when i said when i saw the statue i was just like oh shit he was a statue the whole time what the fuck i wrote that down <laughs> so basically yeah, that, was, that was exactly what i said too i mean it was like right off the jump of the episode and i was like holy shit bro and then so we jump and, also, and it's oh go ahead well i mean it also like lady true as like a villain never really like came to form until i believe this episode like until the beginning of this episode i was like oh yeah this chick's the villain she she's the mastermind of this whole thing yep she was and she was she was the uh new version of Ozyman. she's she's his daughter but with more of a god like more of a god complex and it was just so after all of that we see that she built um she she told she told um Ozymandias that, yeah, I'm going to capture Dr. Manhattan and I'm going to take his power. And he's like, wait, what? What are you about to do? And she's like, come on, we got to get everything ready. So we jump to the 7th Cavalry and Lori Blake. Lori Blake's like, what the fuck is going on? And then Joe King comes out and is like, yeah, this is my evil plan. Like, And if you hear Lindelof, he's like, yeah, he did the whole bad guy spiel, the classic trope where all the Cavalry people got together and they're trying to tell Lori Blake her, her uh, their plan. And she's like, bro, I don't give a fuck. What about y'all's plan? Yeah. But I will say I was half right about the recreation of Manhattan. I knew they were going to try to recreate him. I just thought it was Ozymandias. Turns out it was his daughter and Joaquin. Yo, Joaquin got fucked, bro. She, uh, Regina King told him not to turn that thing on. Because <laughs> well, yeah, Truth he's an fuck idiot. Him. Yo, Joaquin's narcissism and hubrism caused him to die. If he would have just listened, he, he was like, I'm not listening to you, you black bitch. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, now you're going to die, bro. You don't have to call. They don't have to do that to Regina King. That's fucked up. Yeah, dude, that was over the top. I was like, <laughs> I was like, the, I felt like his whole speech the whole time was over the top just because like his accent was just like, um, uh, the white race has been disrespected. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, dude. That shit was hilarious. All that shit, I was like, whoa. We're going here. So then he does. He presses the button because Dr. Manhattan's in a cage and Lori Blake. Oh, and a mirror guy's there. Yeah, he's he's under a hood and he's like, yo, when do I do it? And Lori Blake's like, take the take the time when you can. Regina King puts her gun down and they're like, all right, we're about to do this. And Regina King's like, nah, Lady True's going to come here and fuck shit up. Because and also on top of this, the senators and all of them weren't going to kill um weren't going to need Judd Crawford to die or anything like that. And also, they weren't going to... Uh, they didn't need to kill that dude um, before or whatever. They weren't going to uh, kill that guy with the lettuce truck because basically their plan was just to get Joe Keen elected as president. It just turns out when the lettuce truck dude happens, it's like, oh, well, we got to do something different. And then they start collecting all these true batteries, which Lady True knows, and then it's like, yo, okay, so the plan diverted, and once it diverted, it's like, all right, well, we're going to capture Dr. Manhattan because... We know he's this black dude in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They get him in the yes. case. Go ahead. Oh, and they explain why they knew that. 
Because yep. you have the guy who got teleported, which we knew. Yep, during the White Knight. Yeah. Which is dope. Uh, that was a good explanation. Yeah, so, I mean, that got explained. I mean, I, I feel like everything got explained with the with Calvary and, and everything that they needed to do. Um, I, I never really thought that their whole, like, thing got fleshed out. Like, yeah, their cage worked, but I didn't really understand, like, how they thought that they had the right stuff to recreate the Manhattan thing. Like, I was like, oh, this guy's definitely... Like, and that's all the same thing that would happen to Ozymandians, too, when he was testing it out. So it yeah, was, like, one like, of those things where it was like, yeah, that's definitely what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just not going to work, bro. Like, you guys didn't do it right. And that's what, all of a sudden, they do it. Kane, Kane dies. Lady True comes in. She's like, yeah, y'all needed something else to do this. Y'all tripping. And then all top of this, she was like, uh, look, uh, Regina King, you weren't supposed to be here, but you just chill out over there. Lori Blake, we're not going to do nothing to you. And Mirror Guy, y'all good. Look. White people, uh, racist white people, let me tell y'all something real quick. Because I promise old black man I'd tell y'all this before I kill y'all. And then the lady's like, why don't you just kill us? And she was like, all right, then fuck it then. <laughs> I'm not going to finish my speech. Fuck it, y'all going to die. And then the old white lady's like, oh, no, we're about to die. And she thought she was going to get shot. And all of a sudden these lasers just wipe them away from oblivion. And I was like, whoa, damn, Lady True ain't fucking around. No, dude, she was not fucking around. Like, she took, <laughs> zapped those people out of there. Yep, and then so because Keen's blood uh, impenetrated the cage, I'm guessing that, like, interfered with it enough to where Dr. Manhattan can touch it and send his powers through the blood to someone else. She, she transports uh, Lori Blake, Ozymandias, and Looking Glass away to Ozymandias' lair while Angela's with him, and he's like, he knows that he's going to die either way, and he just didn't want to die alone. He tells Angela, like, I'm, I'm here with you because, like, I didn't send you away because I just didn't want to die alone. You'll be okay. I love you, Angela. But he sends Ozymandias away because Ozymandias had all those different plans to destroy Dr. Manhattan if need be. And Ozymandias is like, oh, she thinks I'm a rerun? I'm going to show her a fucking rerun. He inst Instead of those squids just falling down being harmless, he freezes them so it's like a Gatling gun frying from the sky. Just doo -doo 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 -doo. And as they come down, you see Lady True's hand standing out. And then all of a sudden, pew! And she holds her hand up in a big hole through the... You can see straight through her hand all the bones and blood. I was like, Ooh. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. Run, Regina <laughs> King, run. Get saved. <laughs> yeah, like, when that when the Lady True's, like, mom clone, like, closed herself up in the thing, I was like, that's not yeah. enough, girl. The mom, the mom clone survived, though. Shout out to Beyond. She wasn't a bad girl. She was just she was just trying to survive in this cold, cruel world. She was just a clone of uh, yeah. her grandmother. It, her mom, no, not or, her grandmother. You know, of herself. I mean, she was a clone of Lady True's mom. Yeah, Lady True's mom. Exactly, exactly. So then Regina King ends up getting safe. She goes to, they kill Lady True. They destroy the machine. Dr. Manhattan's dead. Regina King goes inside the um, theater, and I think there's a beautiful conversation with her father and, I, and with her grandfather, Will, and I wrote this down. Will tells her, like, wounds need air. You can't breathe under a mask. To let this trauma heal, you got to be out in the open. You got to be you. And then also, when he said can't make an omelet without breaking eggs, it just brought me back to the beginning of when Angela made omelets, breaking eggs with the Watchman face, and just goes to this theme of eggs. Also, it takes you back to the Manhattan uh, conversation where she was like, so you tell me you can put your powers in this egg and transform me? He's like, theoretically. And then it's like, yo, wait, what? And then Will tells her, he's like, that Manhattan said you would understand this. Uh, something about something about an egg at some point, and then she gets home, 
sees the egg and it's like, yo, is she about to become Dr. Manhattan? And right when she ate it, I was like, oh, we're not going to see her do it. It's going to show her foot almost touch the water and then it's going to end. And sure enough, that's what happened. But beautifully written. Got to thank Lindelof and the team of writers for this. Amazing. Also, the owl plane that Lori Blake and Looking Glass leave on, the OG one from uh, Owl Man, dope. And also they take Ozymandias away to get arrested. And I was like, yo, they're going to really arrest Adrian? Real. Yeah, I was like, I was like, y'all would. And like, Lori Blake, what's Lori Blake and all this? Like, Ozymandias made a good point. He's like, oh, well, so what? So you're okay and all this? Like, you've known this for forever and like, you're just a, you know, you're just a bystander. Look, she could lie. Like, she could be like, I knew, but like, yeah, I don't know. She's going to jail too. Oh, no. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I know. Uh, and my thing is, I don't think we need a season two because Lindelof said this story is done. And, but like, if he comes up with something, he'll do it. But he's, as of right now, he doesn't think he will. Look, man, if they don't do a season two, this is one of the best shows, one of the best limited series ever. If they do a season two, I'm interested. But like, I'm, I'm cool with it either way. Because remember how we said, are they going to do a season two? I can see how they do it. But also, as an ode to Watchmen, and it be, it's being its own thing and achieving it, they did something in nine episodes where, to me, I feel the story's completed. Like, yeah, there, I, there's more I would want to know, but in terms of what we learned from episode one to now, that story's completed. It's going to be a new story, if anything. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of is what you would do with Watchmen moving forward is, like, I mean, if you're done with telling the Angela Avar story, then it's done. So, I mean, like, I... I if you're not going to do that, you could go back and tell the original Watchmen like movie story. Nah, they're not. Um, do, they're but not going to do that. And, and you could go back and tell an even earlier story than that, like the Hooded Justice story. But I don't think they want to do that. Because they already did. They did that in this. So, like, I think pretty they, much if they're going to do anything, I think they take maybe Owl Man, the comedian, see if they can like, like I think they take other characters and see if they can bridge off of them. And Angela won't be the main person in it, but I think she'll play a Manhattan role or some sort in it if she is Manhattan. But it would be in present day. Yeah, probably. I'd assume so. I don't see. You could tell it. You could tell a different story. I, I don't see. I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm. I'm they don't do a season two. But I just gotta say, this was beautiful television. Blue, beautifully written. Everything tied together at the end. It was. It, it was. It was like uh, they say, Watchmen. And I got to give credit to Jason Inman, and I'm forgetting the name of the host of the Major Spoilers podcast, but what they basically said was that Watchmen, the OG comic, is a, is a watch. Because in, in the OG comic, you see all these old-timey watches, and if one piece is misplaced, the watch doesn't tick. It has to be all purposely put together so the watch can tick. And the same thing can be said for this series. Without one piece of it, it doesn't flow the right way. But because everything was placed in the proper spot, there's a beautiful painting that we see. You know what I mean? And the watch is able to tick. So this thing was beautiful, man. I, I can't say anymore. Like, it was great. Yeah, it was a really good series. Um, it came at a really good time when we were coming off that Game of Thrones lull, not knowing what we were going to do. Um, but, I mean, it sucks that it's over now and that we're not going to get any more of it. But it... it it told uh, told a really great story, and you know, it was really well acted, and like we said, well written. I mean, it was just uh, it was phenomenal. I hope it gets some recognition that it deserves. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't they know. They need what... to win some Emmys. Like Damon Lindelof, the writing needs to win some Emmys. I think Regina King needs to win an Emmy. I could see uh, old black man winning an Emmy. I could see uh, 
Looking Glass. Looking Glass women in the Emmy for but, sure. I mean, that's just one episode, though. I mean, shit. Uh, Freaking Jeremy Irons could win an yeah, Emmy. Yeah, I was about to say Jeremy Irons. I mean, I would. Uh, Lori Blake didn't do much, so I don't know if she. What like, about uh, the guy who played Manhattan? Ooh, Yaya, Yaya could get an Emmy too. Just yeah, like every, all that Manhattan stuff that he did was dope. I was just like, damn. Yeah, it was all amazing. Like this was all amazing, man. Shout out to Watchmen. There's just so many like mouth drop moments. Like, oh my gosh, like wh- what just happened? Like, did they really just do that? Like, what are they doing next? Like. The fact that everything panned out to line up with everything that they laid out, like everything paid off in the end. Sure. I mean, I feel like it. I would market this to people as being like, "Oh yeah, you got to watch the the Watchmen." It's the 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 what the what would this be like? Eight hours? Yeah, you got to watch the eight hour Watchmen movie. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I bet this plays really well, like all the way through. Definitely. But yeah, Shuby, that's it, man. We might be moving back to Thursdays. Friday episodes now. Who knows? Are are you liking Tuesday? Because I'm kind of liking Tuesday now. We got to talk about this off air. Yeah, we'll talk about that off air. But yeah, I mean, we we're in an interesting place now. I would say he's over, bro. It's sad. Like it's a sad time. No Titans. Mandalorian ends next week, and it's oh. like, yo, like what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm back to I'm watching just- anime. This is this is about to end too, but I would say go ahead and go back and watch his Dark Materials. Um, it's Ooh, I probably will watch that, but that is about to end. Yeah, that's that's ending pretty soon. Uh, First episode of the new year after we do our Bros Who Binge Award has to be 2020's most anticipated shows, and like we and we bet like I wish we would have did this last year where we would have took like a poll of like which shows we think will be uh the best at this time next year. Well, I mean, I just felt like some stuff popped up and we didn't even know it was popping up, you know? That is true. Like, like that I, is I don't very know if true. we knew about the boys in 2018. Mm, I, I want to say we did, though, Shubes, but we, because we, it was always known as like the, um, because I remember when we did an early episode, like one of the first episodes, we talked about Seth Rogen's The Boys, and it was like, oh, Seth Rogen just made Peacher. He could make The Boys. We didn't, just didn't know it was going to be like this. Yeah. So yeah, I think we could do it because like what Westworld season two, season three is gonna be out. I think that's gonna be huge. There's a whole list. We'll talk about that off here, but we got to do that first episode back. Most anticipated shows of 2020 and take a vote on which we think is gonna be because this was amazing year of television. Yeah, I mean it's only gonna get better now that we have all the streaming and we still oh, we got the Witcher. We got The Witcher this weekend. I heard that's actually really good. Oh yeah, The Witcher too. Yeah, shoot. Oh yeah, we got we'll be reviewing that. So cool. But yeah, shoot. That's all I got this week, brother. All right, we'll go ahead and tell everyone what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. So, uh, like we said, this Friday, be on the lookout for our Star Wars uh, review. We will have an episode, however, of Anime Talk on Tuesday before Christmas. We will do that uh, episode of Bros Who Think this week. No Bros Who Binge next week. No Bros Who Think this week. uh, Next week. And then the following week, you'll have the Bros Who Binge Award, the Anime Talk Awards, and a music wrap-up with me and Doom for Bros Who Think. But that's all the stuff we got. And then Primetime will be back once we're getting closer to the LSU game. But you can find all the information on the network at www.broswhothink.com or follow us on Twitter at Bros Who Think and follow me at LinBWT. Have a merry, merry Christmas, you guys. I'll say this again on Friday, but for real, thank you for everybody who listens. We really appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. If you don't celebrate Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, Happy Holidays to you and to your family. It's a special time of year. So I just wish you the best. And thank you for 
being being a part of this Brosy Think family and listen to Brosy Binge every week. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that's all I got, Shuby. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> one thing before we do we finish out with the Christmas stuff is I got to mention that my favorite TV Christmas stuff, Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. He's a symbol to my Christmas. So you know, everyone, make sure you go and check out some good Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh episodes. Um, but yeah, everyone have a really happy holidays. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashuber 14 I'm usually debating Juju Nav. Uh, fellow co-host on the Brosy Thing Network. And, uh, yeah, so definitely check out the stuff that we have going on. We're going to be back later this week talking about Star Wars, Mandalorian, and The Rise of Skywalker. So hopefully we'll, we'll I'll be in a really good mood. Hopefully we love it, bro. Like, it has <laughs> to, like, I want it to be good, bro. I don't want another Last Jedi situation. Well, you know, you could be coming back out of this and being like, well, The Last Jedi, man, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, I know. We could be. It's going to be interesting to see. That's what I'm telling people. And then, like, that's the thing with these series, too. Like, some people are like, oh, well, you know, this Mandalorian episode's not good. I'm like, well, that Mandalorian episode could be really good at the end of the season. True. Like, uh, the, like the episode um, where he's on Tatooine with um, Ming Ming Wah. Yeah, we don't know. Name? We don't know who picked her up. Like it could be yeah, somebody. Yeah, what if she gets picked up? What she's still alive? Like, what if that has something to do later on? Like, what if that episode is crucial? <laughs> Yeah, we shall see, but w- w- your mood will be determined. The mood of the episode will be determined how good Rise of Skywalker is. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yes, we uh, will. But, but anyway, that's, uh, that's it for this episode, the 69th episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Go watch yourself a raunchy comedy, maybe a bad Santa or... Um, the the one with uh, Seth Rogen and um, what's that one called? I'm thinking of the night before. Oh yeah, the night the, the whatever the yeah it's with Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and uh, another dude. Ef- yeah, the night before. Efron. Uh, no, it's not Efron. It's a uh, J. Oh, Miles Teller. Oh yeah, Miles Teller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and but yeah, or or go see the Harold and Kumar Christmas. So lots of raunchy ones out there to celebrate the Bros Who Binge 69th episode this holiday season. So happy holidays, bingers, and have a great week. And as always, keep binging.